You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. You can also email us LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Today's episode is presented by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Well, Ulysses, we have a busy show and quite frankly, a busy week for that matter, as we will be playing a three-part interview that we had with Ray's prospect, Garrett Whitley, a former first-round pick back in 2015 as well. He's now in mm-hmm. AA Montgomery. So uh, the lay of the land is we'll play part one today, part two on Wednesday, and part three on Thursday. And then I believe we also have another special guest on Friday. So we are fully, fully booked up. On that. And again, I think as we alluded to yesterday, people will enjoy the Garrett Whitley interview very much. Very informative, fun stuff. I mean, you wish that uh, all athletes, all baseball players can be as eloquent and and as open and as thoughtful as he is with his comments, in, in my opinion, anyway. I came away with it with just a smile on my face. That was really yeah. enjoyable to talk to to a young man that that had uh, such good things to say. So I, I I'm really looking forward to the final product and 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 really hearing how people um, liked uh, the you, of course. <laughs> yeah, he did a video too, so we got to see him face to face. He was like outside yes. of a marriott or something or a, a holiday inn, a hampton inn, whatever. Maybe it looked like it was kind of chilly in Montgomery. So credit to him for. Yeah you know, standing outside and weathering the cold to talk to us for a good half an hour that, of course, will break up into a couple parts there. Um, Ulysses, a couple of things that we want to get to here on today's show, uh, of course, before we get to the Whitley interview, which we will do. Uh, I had one other thought on the uh, Kevin Kiermeyer brett Phillips situation or the fact that Brett Phillips may be getting more playing time with the absence of Kevin Kiermeyer, and uh, something tells me that uh, Kevin Kiermeyer could be out for a while considering some of the comments that he's made. But one thing, if right. there's another maybe added positive or benefit out of that that we may realize is uh, Brett Phillips, uh, with his combination of speed and athleticism and team-first nature, may be more willing and okay with laying down a bunt in any situation or whatever it calls for. Whereas you wonder if KK Wood is going to be that guy. He, he might, yeah. you know, eight, 10 year veteran in the league. He doesn't want to be laying down bunts if he doesn't absolutely, absolutely have to. But I feel like Phillips sack bunt situation just to create something happening, whatever it may be, he would be willing to even show bunt. I feel like he'd be cool with whatever they ask of him. And you've already seen that from him. I, I think this is a great point. Uh, I, 
when when you get shifted so often like Kev, like Kevin Kiermaier does you, you think okay why isn't this in his wheelhouse oh by the way he is right. like in the 90th percentile in, in sprint speed like mm -hmm. he could make a living out of his wheelhouse out of his wheels and he doesn't actually do that Phillips I think would be more willing to to, to do that and it's just a guy that I, I think is a dynamic guy on the base paths I, I, you're not really losing that much offensively if anything right. uh, by, by putting Phillips instead of Kiermaier it's just the arm accuracy and the range but yeah I do like the the the, the bunting aspect of, of of Phillips and you see with Margot as well not afraid to to handle that bat some guys can just handle that bat like a diff like the same appendage appendage uh you know it's just an extra arm or it's just part right. of their arm and and it's really nice to have those guys on the lineup uh I'll say this too with uh, Kevin Kiermaier. Kevin Kiermaier 2.0, uh, that guy plays, or I guess he doesn't play very often now, Byron Buxton. That, that guy, loaded with talent, center field position, can do anything, was off to a great start. He is probably more injury prone than Kevin Kiermaier, yeah. believe it or not, if you look at his history. Just unbelievable what is happening there. So, uh, okay, yeah, go ahead. No, I I I, I want to hear what you're about to say because I, I saw a smile on, on your face. What what what's going on, Kevin? What's going I, I wasn't going to say anything else. I I, I was going to move on <laughs> to our next little topic here, which was our prediction and our prognostication, and I think everybody else's too. That the Durham Bulls are a pretty darn good baseball team, and that maybe they could hack it at the big league level as they were. Mm. Uh, they got off to their first five and zero start since 2009. They actually won the AAA championship that year uh they lost their last game before having a day off so they're five and one right now but uh the boys are hitting the boys we expected to hit are hitting be it Vidal Brujan be it Taylor Walls be it Wander Franco Josh Lowe Kevin Padlow has four homers so we we put this question out and the pitching hasn't been too shabby either if you look at some of the numbers there but we put a question out on Twitter which who's going to be the next guy who's going to be the next guy to make his major league debut with the Rays. And uh, we kind of gave a selection or options here of Taylor Walls, Wander Franco, Vidal Brujan, Josh Lowe, Drew Strotman. Uh, and the reason being that those guys are, those are the top prospects on the 40 man roster. So I want to know from you, Ulysses, and we'll get to some listener comments as well, uh, who you think is going to be the next guy up. We, we've seen, this has been the year of debuts. We've seen Honeywell. Yeah. We've seen Patino. Yeah. We've seen Kevin Padlow. I think uh, anybody else, I think, I mean, those are the main three guys that we've seen thus far. McClanahan. So, <laughs> McClanahan. How did I forget McClanahan? Holy crap. <laughs> Maybe because he didn't, he hasn't pitched at AAA yet uh, or yeah, really yeah. didn't get an opportunity there. But who's the next guy? Who is the next guy that the Rays will call upon? Is it Walls, Franco, Brujan? Uh, Josh Lowe, Drew Strotman, or maybe somebody else, maybe Phoenix Sanders. I don't know. Who, who do you have? Well, th this is the thing. I'm, I'm not going to deviate from what I've said uh, okay. before, and that is that my pick is Vidal Brujan. Uh, I, I don't see how anybody else gets the call up before he, he – I mean, he's just smashing right now. He's actually yes. gone 10 for 22 – four home runs from both sides of the plate. I mean, he right now has an OPS of like 1600. Um, but the biggest thing I think for him is that physicality is impressive this year. You can see the growth 
uh, of his body. I was listening right. to our, our buddy, Aram Layton, and he made the, the point that he's gone from 155 pounds in 2019 to almost bucking 180. So, right. I mean, this is a guy that has put on like 20, 25 pounds of sheer muscle. And you can see that the power has definitely translated on the field. So a guy that you thought, ooh, could just be a slap hitter, a contact hitter, now can provide pop from right. both sides of the plate. And guess what? This is, goes a little bit into the conspiracy theory of center field. If you look at how he has played in AAA already, he has two games at second base, two games in left field, one game in center field too. So right. this is a guy that could potentially, when he gets the call, uh, if it were up to me, he is in the lineup every day, but you can kind of mix and match wherever he plays. Oh, it's it's a lefty that they're facing. Brendan Lau, take a seat. Vidal Brujas playing second base. Oh, it's a righty. Okay, well, let's put him um, in, in, in left field. Uh, you know, right. it, these are the things that you can do with Vidal Brujan, and he has just been unstoppable. Yeah, it's really been unbelievable the start he's off to again just six games anybody can get hot in six games but he has shown there's a reason that he's basically the consensus number two prospect in the Rays organization after Wander Franco wait and let's be real here <laughs> Vidal yeah. Bruhan would be like the next big flashy prospect right. in any other <laughs> market and in but in Tampa Bay he's overshadowed by the greatness of Wander Franco but right now he is actually producing more than Wander. Again, six games, but this is my guy. It's like uh, the Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr. It's like Albies has been a pretty good player, but you got Acuna there, so he's going to get <laughs> overshadowed with all of that. Um, interesting comments. I do like the fact that Bruhan has bulked up and filled out, and seemingly, I mean, at, at this point, we have to see how many, how much he runs and, and everything, but if he's playing center field, if he's playing all, all over the diamond, you would think that he has, hasn't, sacrificed athleticism yeah. to this point and uh i'll say this i do think vidal brujan gets the call up before wander franco considering he is three years older and more experienced and so forth but i think the next guy and i've right. said this before too the next guy that i have uh that i think will get the call uh out of this group of guys on the 40-man roster this group of prospects i am going to bat again for taylor waltz and here's why a uh, couple reasons one He's 24, going on 25. He's going to be 25 in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, and I think the Rays are maybe more inclined to be careful with calling up a guy like Vidal Brujan or Wander Franco because if you, when and if you make that decision, you want to absolutely make sure they're in the lineup every day. Absolutely, 100%. Right. You don't want them sitting down. You want them getting action. You don't want to be like Tony La Russa, doing the Andrew Vaughn. Am I playing? Am I sitting? Am I playing? Am I, what that am I doing? That would be frustrating. Yes. Yeah, you, you can't do that. You're, you don't want to hamper a guy's development. Whereas Taylor Walls, not to say that they don't care about Taylor Walls, but maybe they feel like he's more developed to a point and they don't, they'd be, if there's a guy to be okay with maybe being a bench spot or a reserve spot or a defensive replacement filling in here and there, it would be a guy like Taylor Walls. Because think about it, they've already called up Kevin Padlow. Like they, Kevin Pablo's right. not, I don't think in their long-term, long-term plans, they don't see him as a, a superstar stud. Do they see Taylor Walls as a superstar stud? I don't think so. I think they see him as maybe a good player in time. Whereas that's why you want to be careful with, if you're going to call, who, who's that next guy to call up? It would be 
okay, we'll go with Taylor Walls. He might not be as talented as Vidal Brujan. He might not be as talented as Wander Franco, but we need a guy who's kind of ready now to step in. And I'll say this too about Taylor Walls. He could be, and at some point you have to be concerned about Brandon Lau and his ability or inability to hit lefties. Taylor Walls in his career has been more effective against left-handed pitchers. Uh, Vidal Brujan hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been as lights out as Taylor Walls has right. been against lefties. So maybe that's a situation where they call him up and use him in that scenario in that role, uh, which honestly, at the end of the day, makes me a little bit concerned about Brandon Lau. I mean, you see what the Brewers do with sending down Keston Yura. I mean, yeah. that, that was a guy that, that seemed destined for stardom. And now he's having a, a minor league rehab assignment. You wonder if at some point, I don't want to get into that discussion right now, but again, if a guy, if he can, if Brandon Lau continues to be ineffective against breaking balls against lefties whatsoever, maybe you do have to make a move and say, okay, we're going to call up balls to provide some platoon support here. And I, I get your angle. You, I, I think I, I do agree with the fact that if you bring Wander and Vidal, it's not to ride the bench. These guys are in your lineup every day. And that's what I'm, I'm alluding to with the right. fact that he's versatile. But I do like he's an older guy, Taylor Walls, older guy, <laughs> only 25, uh, yeah. but older than the, than the other two. And so he has a little bit more, more expertise maybe and, 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 and veteranship as a 25-year-old right. instead of 20 or 23. I get your point, but I will say this. If it is Taylor Walls that comes up, then that is a bad, bad news day for Mike Brasso because this is a guy That's that a good point. He, it, it would be a swap then. Uh, if, if you're bringing Taylor Walls, then Mike Brasso is the guy that you're bringing down because unfortunately for, for Bras, he just hasn't been producing with the bat as, we all, as he has his whole career in every level. He just hasn't right. had it. It's a very difficult thing to start on Tuesday and then not see uh, another pitch until Saturday evening in the seventh inning. It's yeah. a very, very difficult thing. So he hasn't been as successful as he has in the past. Uh, so I will say that if Taylor Walsh is the guy, then you're going to see t- uh, Mike Brasso maybe uh, back in Durham. That's, that's possible. And, or maybe they just want to find a way to give Willie Adamas some rest too. Again, I'm sure it'll get all worked out in one sense or the other because Walls can't play. I mean, he's, I think a shortstop first guy, but we'll fill in at second as needed. But I just go with that as if who's the next guy to make their debut. If it's like, we need a guy in a pitch, we need uh, a Kevin Padlow S to fill in for a couple games. That would be the guy. This isn't who's going to be yeah. the most successful guy down the line. Just who's going to be Correct. next to get called up. Uh, we have some listener comments here. Dustin Payne says, my guess is Franco, but also Vidal, if he keeps doing what he's doing. Honestly, I'd say probably Franco is going to be at the, the deeper end of that pool, but I could be, I could be totally right. off base there. Uh, local Rays Rancher says, I see Strotman being called up first. I'm not even sure we'll see Wander in the majors until next season. Hope I am wrong, though. Here's the thing about Strotman. Um, he's in a situation where uh, he really, I mean, we had not really ever heard his name <laughs> before he was added to the 40-man roster. It was a little bit of yeah. a, a surprise there. And he hasn't really pitched above A ball, high A advance. So he's now just getting an opportunity at the upper levels of the minors. And I feel like he's blocked a little bit. Uh, I mean, if, if, if the Rays need a pitcher, I feel like they would turn to Trevor Richards first, Brian Moran, Ryan Sheriff, right. God willing, Brendan McKay at some point, maybe a guy who's had previous major league experience, you know, the, the Hess kid or Yaxal Rio, something along those lines. I guess those guys would have to be added to the 40 man, but I feel like they wouldn't 
I don't think they're in any rush to call up Drew Strotman if if need be there. I, the only the only positive is that he's already in the forty man. So I guess that, that maybe would give him a leg up on, on guys right. that are not in the forty man. But uh, yeah, I would I would again like like Wander and and I'm not I'm not comparing the the both talent, but I'm saying in yeah. their position, I would I would rather them see upper level minor league baseball before yes. just making that huge jump to the major leagues. I mean, there are guys that can wreck havoc in AAA and then just completely fail in the major league base, uh, major league baseball. So you know, just give it time a little bit with Drew. And I also forgot that Brent Honeywell's in AAA Durham too. So the race would probably call up Brent Honeywell too before Drew Strauss as well. Yes. yes. Uh, and then Evan Bush says Walls, he got called up in MLB The Show 21. Man, I need to get, I need to up and buy a, the latest Xbox or PS5 or whatever it is and play some MLB The Show. Just don't have time. There's too much like real life baseball going on. There's that, too much baseball that, now. Yeah. yeah Maybe in the off might, season. Yeah. That's an off season <laughs> job. That's an off season production. We'll have to do yeah. that. So uh, have you guys heard about sports trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's amazing. Sports trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to the platform. So check that out today. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you see your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. So right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma again that's creditkarma.com slash win money instant karma is sponsored by credit karma no purchase necessary exclusions in terms apply see the rules banking services provided by mvb bank incorporated member fdic maximum balance and transfer limits apply ulysses and i are joined by a very special guest on today's show, and that is Garrett Whitley, the 2015 Rays first round pick in outfielder with the Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, first off, Garrett, have to ask you, I guess it's got to feel pretty good playing minor league ball, hearing your name that you're with the double A Montgomery. Is that kind of like, whoo, feels good right now? Yeah, it feels really good right now. It's been a long time. So uh, just being out in front, you know, we got fans here at the stadium too. So it feels like a real game, like, it feels real like when we're on the field. It doesn't feel like we're in the middle of COVID or nothing like that. So it, it's been really nice to get back to some kind of normalcy. 
you know, I, I want to talk about a, a, a little bit of springtime. And, and for baseball fans, that means, you know, a new season and catchers and pitchers reporting, you get to play catch. The, the weather is beautiful in Florida. I mean, it, it's, it's a beautiful time if you're a baseball fan, right? Mm-hmm. But now if you're a baseball player, it means a little bit more to you, obviously. And, 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 and you know, these memories, these feelings and emotions that you've had since five years old, and then you get to be in your first major league spring training and, and that experience. Can you tell us how that felt for you, your first one, and, and taking everything in? Was it just a blur? Do you not remember anything? Uh, did somebody say something funny? I mean, can you walk <laughs> us through that first major league spring training experience? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, nah, it was a really great experience. It's something I've been looking forward to for a long time, and uh, I was so I was really happy to get the invite this year. Um, you know, there's a couple things that uh, I got to do that I had always thought about, like you said, um, like, I mean, big leaguers wear one flap helmet and that was always something that I always wanted to wear. Like, uh, since I was little, little, and I always told myself, like, I wouldn't put one on until I earned it. So, uh, I got the invites big league camp. I finally got to wear my one flap and, uh, that felt pretty cool. Um, you know, I really felt like a big leaguer in that moment. Uh, and yeah, another thing was, um, I was a big Red Sox fan growing up because my folks are from Boston mm-hmm. my family's from down there. So Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing left field at JetBlue at the Red Sox in like, I don't know, late spring. And uh, like the seventh or eighth inning, they started playing Sweet Caroline while we were warming up. <laughs> and I was just like, like, I looked around and I was like, wow. Like, I mean, I know it's spring training, but like, I'm really doing this right now. Like, I really, yeah. I thought about this for my entire life. I used to go to sleep dreaming about doing this. And like, here I am. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Um, you know, uh, I think the last 14 months, I think 14, 15 months has been kind of a whirlwind for, for everybody around, around the globe. And, and with this pandemic and all the things that kind of we were so used to doing, we were not able to do, uh, you know, during a pandemic. And, and that kind of can cause a little bit of uh, anxiety and mental stress. And I want to I hear your opinion on how you can overcome that mental health aspect. How do you, as a baseball player, you know, keep that mental health intact? Are there activities that you started to pick up during the pandemic that helped you out? Uh, you know, with so many restrictions, you probably had to do something else. Did you read up on, on, on a lot of books? Were you playing video games? Did you start jogging for fun? <laughs> what, what were the sort of activities to keep that mental health aspect uh, going the right way? Yeah, um, I think the most important thing is just keeping the mind active, like uh, not sitting around and getting stagnant and that kind of thing. Um, so I was just always trying to do different stuff. Um, I did read a lot more than I than I have been um, for a while. Like I used to love reading, and then I kind of got away from it for for a little while. So I got back into reading some stuff. Um, I always play a lot of video games. I'm a big uh, 2K guy, and um, usually I play the show, but I can't play it during the season. Um, so I'm off that right now. But, uh, I mean, I like to cook. I cooked a lot, uh, made a lot of, tried a new, a lot of new recipes and that kind of thing. Um, so just, yeah, anything you can do to switch something up and, and make the day a little more interesting. There we go. Ulysses. I think we, I think Garrett solved it as far as you've got to keep your mind occupied. You got to have some activities to do during the pandemic. Mine was golfing right. a lot more. I think that was the thing that 
uh, really helped me out. So, um, Garrett, I, I know this is uh, some Rays fans that are listening to this. This, uh, you know, they they hear that you're a Red Sox fan growing up. They they're probably shaking their head right now and just, oh my <laughs> god, just what? I mean, going back to that for a second, uh, who was your who was your dude growing up as as a Red Sox fan and rooting for that franchise? I was a big Manny Ramirez guy. Um, Manny okay. and, and David Ortiz when they were hitting three four. Um, yeah, I was a big, big fan of them, but it was really the whole team, man. Like, uh, you know how it is when you're little. Like, I was six, seven. I was seven. I was seven years old when they won the World Series in 04. Um, and I could do, I knew the whole batting order. I could do every batting stance. Like, uh, <laughs> it was just one of those things. Like, I was just a big, big Red Sox fan. Um, obviously, that changed when, when I got drafted um, and when I got to pro ball and my perspective on things changed. But, um, yeah, and growing up, I mean, it was it was pretty great. It was a good time to be a Red Sox fan too when I was growing up. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> was. It certainly was. That that was my next question. Did it feel weird at all when you heard your name called by the Rays, or were you kind of at a point in your career where it's like, I'll go and play to wherever which whichever team drafts me, whether that's the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, whatever. T- I'm going to be a professional, and you know, you put your boyhood fandom aside, sort of a deal. Is that kind of the the standpoint you had? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, I mean, above all else, I was, I wanted to to have this opportunity to play. Um, I don't really care where it was. Um, honestly, when I was going through it, um, it all happened so fast, and it hadn't even been on my radar uh, that I had a chance to be drafted at high school until like the, the very beginning of my senior year. So it all happened so quickly. Like I was almost happy I didn't get drafted by the Red Sox because it still wouldn't have felt real if I got drafted by my like childhood dream team, you know? Um, so I was happy if, if when I got picked by the Rays, it made it feel like, all right, yeah, like this is actually happening. It's real. It's not the exact storybook thing. I'm not having a dream right now. <laughs> right. For sure. And kind of, that's such an interesting dynamic of guys that get drafted out of high school and especially that get drafted as high as you did. Um, I mean, I know it's kind of going back, five, six, seven years now, but do you kind of remember that point? Was, was there an added stressor? Just were, were agents reaching out to you? Were, uh, were teams reaching out to you? What was that process like of you're trying to, I guess, in a way, get through high school, get through the season, graduate high school, maybe think about if you're going to play in college, what your next steps are. And then you have this added weight on your shoulders of, wow, I might actually have to, there's a lot of things at stake as far as money and, and career and so forth. Just what was that experience like where it seemed like there's a lot of added demands when you're, you're such a highly touted draft prospect at the time. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't think that I felt as much pressure as a lot of people uh, might, or a lot of people expect, but I think part of that was because of just my, how like how naive I was about it all. Um, like I said, like it hadn't even been, a thought in my mind that I could get drafted. Like nobody knew my name until like August of 2014. I got picked in 2015. So um, it was all, it just felt like, like extra, like I knew my whole life I was going to go to college. I hope that I could like get drafted out of there. And then once all this started to pick up, it, it, it was just, it was so much and it was so quick. And I was just kind of, almost along for the ride. And I mean, I love playing ball, so I would just go out and play and I would do whatever they asked me to do. And I would sit down and have all the meetings and talk to people and that kind of stuff. But, um, it, 
yeah, it wasn't even a ton of pressure because I hadn't expected any of it. So it wasn't live or die on the draft right now. Like it was, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Wake Forest. Uh, and if the draft goes the way that I want to, then I'm going to have an opportunity to get a jump start on what is my ultimate goal or my ultimate dream. Um, and I just kind of looked at it like that. You said that the plan was always to go to university, to college. And, and how tough was that decision that you get to be picked so early in the draft? And now, you know, obviously the ultimate goal is to play ball, but you know, your, your plan was to, you know, go, go to university. Was that a very difficult choice for you? Or was it just, look, I want to play ball and I get to be in the major leagues, this path much quicker. Yeah. The second one for sure. Um, <laughs> it's like I, like I said, my ultimate goal for my entire life, I never want to do anything but play professional baseball. So um, when I had the chance to do it, and especially like getting picked where I got picked, it really wasn't a thought. Right. And, you know, you mentioned you were kind of um, not on anybody's radar till maybe August 2014. And then I guess going into your senior year, kind of later in that standpoint, why do you, do you have a reason or, or, has anybody told you why that is? Were you kind of a late bloomer? Was it because of where you played in the Northeast instead of maybe the South or in Florida or Texas or California? Just why that is where you weren't, uh, I, I don't know if you did the, um, like the perfect game showcases and travel ball and that sort of thing. Just why, I mean, you, you didn't, I guess, pop up or light up until later in your career. Uh, yeah, I was pretty hidden up where I was. And it's not that, um, it's not that, well, I mean, I feel like the Northeast does have a little bit of a bad stigma about um, just because we're cold weather states. We can't play as long as the Southern states and that kind of thing. But um, I just, I never played perfect game tournaments. I never played real travel ball where they're going to these things where scouts are at and stuff. Like I played my house travel ball until I was 15. And then I played American Legion for a couple of years. Um, so we were really mostly just local up in the Northeast. And um, even me getting seen in the first place was uh kind of lucky um like a small college from by me Siena college uh recruited me offered me and i told him no and um the head coach was a was a really good guy he had a there's a scout in my area who had played for him he reached out to him and he was like oh you need to come check this kid out um so he came down and checked me out invited me to try out for area codes east coast pro and that's when everything started and blew up but if it hadn't been for it's Coach Rossi at CNN. And for him, I don't know if I even would have been seen by a, a pro scout until I got to college. Okay, that was part one of our conversation with Garrett Whitley. Part two, again, will be coming on Wednesday. Part three on Thursday. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, L O C K 
E-D-O-N, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Ulysses, the Rays begin a three-game series versus uh, everybody's hated New York Yankees. Uh, the Yankees <laughs> are eight. Yes, that, that's true. Uh, the Yankees, 18 and 16 on the year. The Rays are 19 and 17. Uh, it'll be Jordan Montgomery going up against uh, Luis Patino. Uh, my question, will there be a hit batter tonight? Yes or no, either on the oh. Rays or Yankees side? Gosh, uh, well, I really hope it's not a Rays player that gets that get that gets a hit, man. But uh, I'm sure I'm going to go with uh, the over is a point five. I'll go over yeah. on, on on that. No, look, uh, I think Montgomery need. Uh, you don't need to be scared of Montgomery. I I really don't see the He's whole a number four, number five guy. Media, I feel like yeah, yeah. But I think the New York media is, is too much in love with him. You know, the, the whole you know Yankee bias, but. Really, this guy you can you can get hits off him. Off he doesn't have crazy strikeout material here. So the Rays have batted around him both times. He went five innings and six innings in both of his times against the Rays this season, and the Rays scored four runs each time. So yeah. I, I feel like the offense should come alive tonight. He does he give off vibes. Uh, of Michael Walker, where it's like, yeah, he'll give you a quality start, but he'll probably give up four earned runs in the process. He'll right. go, he'll go five and two thirds, six, but he'll give up a couple bombs, or he'll he'll give up four earned runs, something along those lines. Luis Patino, on the other hand, I wonder how long uh, the leash will be on him. Maybe three to four innings. I mean, he's been electric again uh, since he's come up with the Rays, allowed just four base runners and ten strikeouts in seven and two thirds innings pitched. Best case scenario, we get four innings from Patino. Best yeah. case scenario. Uh, I think they're probably going to do the three innings uh, with him, and then we'll see who uh, – is anybody scheduled behind him or, or not yet? I don't think so yet. They haven't decided who, that, who or what that will be, I guess, as of right now. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, maybe we see Fleming, right? We haven't seen Fleming in a bit. Yeah. Um, Righty lefty mix and match. I think probably something along those lines for sure. Right. So maybe we could see that. No, I I think I'm I'm looking forward to more and more electricity from El Electrico. Uh, Hopefully, you know, I don't think the Yankees have seen him this season, which will be a nice change of pace. You know, these teams know each other so, so well. Right. And I don't think there's a lot of information out there on Patino, um, at least this season, seven and two thirds. So, I, th- I think it's great, man. I- I'm really looking forward to this. And, and I said the trop. So hopefully people come out and, and, and be loud and rambunctious and um, it doesn't hopefully Rays like, uh, fans come out. No Yankees fans go. allowed here. Yes. That, that, I'd like that's to see the, the ratio. If, if somebody's I, I, at the game tonight, <laughs> let me know what the ratio is. Is it 50, 50 Rays Yankees fans? Is it 60, 40, 70, 30? I, we need to know. We have to know what that is. If there's somebody, I swear, call them out, take a picture. If there's somebody with like a Rays hat and a Yankees shirt or vice versa, that person has to be called out 100%. 100%. I, I, I hate the whole, uh, you know, in, in, you see somebody in, in the car going to the trop and it's like a Yankee sticker and then like a Rays sticker on, on their car. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. It, it really doesn't. So yeah, I, I do not partake in, in, in that philosophy also. You know, the ratio thing started because Mark Topkin, you know, I, I enjoy my Mark Topkin. Oh I know you enjoy your Mark Topkin. But, you know, there was a tweet like three years ago where he put, oh, uh, it seems like the ratio was 60% uh, New Yorkers or something like that. He just kind of made fun of the attendance and then people yeah. got on him. So now the whole ratio thing 
about Tropicana Field has become a, a, a thing. So that's unfortunate. Typical smug journalist just sitting <laughs> from your high horse in the press box. You, you spilled yeah. mustard on your shirt as you're sending out that tweet and diet soda. Oh, no, I got some diet soda on my laptop. What do I do? Mark Topkin. Yeah. Look, he's a great writer. Don't get me wrong, but he can be, uh, what is the word? Very, uh, I guess, snide in his, his comments. And, and so he likes his own tweets, which is not, not, not physically. He doesn't actually press the like, but I yeah. know that when he sends uh, the tweet, I, I can see Mark's facial expression go into an, a nice, you know, sly grin like, yeah. <laughs> got him. Yeah. Uh, let me just say that Mark Topkin, well, really any baseball reporter, they, they very rarely wear suits. Like Topkin's showing up in an in, in unwrinkled polo shirt and uh, cargo shorts, something along. I love Look, it. I've seen it. I've been in press boxes before. I can, I can point out a baseball writer <laughs> from a mile away. I'm just telling you, really any, any uh, media sports writer with that. Uh, you know what? I, I think that, look, the Yankees, I understand they're coming off back-to-back walk-offs and Stanton's hitting in a stride. Uh, Judge, they're giving him like four days off so he can get ready for the Trop turf. Or maybe they just DH him all weekend. I don't know. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, Stanton already has that spot. What do they do? Um, look, I know the Yankees, th- they've actually been, you know, Montgomery, we kind of crapped on him a little bit, but they've been a very, very good, I mean, one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball, anchored by Cole and and their their bullpen's really good. Kluber's really turned things around. The yeah. offense is pretty good too, um, but I will say this, uh, maybe that something that takes pressure off of Patino and others, um, they ground into a lot of double plays. They don't run the base as well. Um, they're actually rated the worst base running team, according to fan graphs, their last in stolen bases. So they're really not a threat there. And then their defensive rating is uh, fourth worst in all of baseball. And, and we saw that earlier in this season. Uh, they're right down yes. there with the Blue Jays, the Angels, and the Tigers. We've seen the Blue Jays' defense. We've seen the Angels' defense. We've seen the Yankees' defense. So I feel like that's maybe where you can, especially playing at the drop, that's where you can maybe get a little bit of an advantage there. And today, Kevin, again, I, Jordan Montgomery is not a strikeout-heavy guy. So right. that means that you are able to put the ball in play. You put the ball in play, and to the team that has the fourth-worst-rated defense – it should be a good matchup today for the race. So just put the ball in play. It's easier said than done, but they have already done that against Montgomery. So if they can do that, I, I mean, the, the righty lineup has been more effective than the lefty lineup for the yeah. race. Let's also say that. So hopefully today the bats can come alive and, and, and just put the ball in play. I mean, for, for, for God's sakes, their, their best defensive guy out there, I, I think it's Gio Urshela. And, and uh, anybody else, I mean, you're, you're, you don't want their defense. It's all I'm, right. I'm trying to say. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Today podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>